know, we'll tie a tie and then make the pattern um, out of ribbon or, you know, we'll have fabric printed or silk screen little dots onto it or, right. yeah. <laughs> like sing a tie on TV in a deep sigh, you're like, oh man. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh jeez. Welcome to the Art of Costume Podcast. I am your host, Spencer Williams, and thank you so much for joining me for another bonus episode. I'm so excited about today's episode as I'm going to be interviewing someone who I've wanted to talk to for a very long time. But as you can imagine, he is really quite a busy person. So I'm so excited to say that today on a podcast, we are finally being joined by Saturday Night Live costume designer Tom Broker. I, I'm so excited. He's been following the podcast. We message every once in a while. And all the time I say, like, oh, we got to have you on a podcast one day. Um, but Saturday Night Live is just such an incredible time-consuming show. So I'm so excited that we finally got this time. Let's go behind the costume on Saturday Night Live for a moment. This show was created by Lauren Michaels and costumes for the past three decades have been designed by Tom Broker. You will know Tom from his work on 30 Rock, House of Cards, the recent film Bros, and a plethora of other projects. So I'm so excited for you all to meet Tom. After this break, Tom is going to join me and we're going to get into everything about his process what does a day in the life of Tom Broker look like on Saturday Night Live? What kind of coffee does he drink? I mean, these are all important questions. Um, and we'll also talk about some of our favorite moments from the past season of Saturday Night Live, especially the one with Pedro Pascal and the Mario Kart skit. Uh, lots of great costumes to talk about. So let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Tom Broker. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. excited to introduce my friend someone who i've been wanting to talk to for a long time but he's kind of busy a lot costume designer tom broker hey tom hey (laughs) well it's also you're not in new york if you were in new york you could come and hang out all the time it's funny because it's almost easier for me to just fly to new york to hang out with you because 100 percent exactly exactly So, see, the door is now always open. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Um, you know, this is also an interview I've always been a little 
SNL is such a huge, big show. And people are always saying, like, when are you going to do SNL? It's like, well, what costumes? You know, there's so much to talk about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to kind yeah. of try to break this up as best as I can. So first, I love to start with a little background about you. Uh, not only are you the costume designer at Saturday Night Live, you're also a producer as well. So what does that even look like? So this is the interesting thing about, I mean, I'll digress about that and talk about SNL a little bit. But um, at one point I was at a luncheon and, and sitting next to a producer and we were just sort of talking and, and they were like, wow, wait, you're a costume designer and a producer? How, what does that even mean? <laughs> and I was like, well, you have to think of it this way. And this is sort of the way I like to think about it. And no offense to other departments or anything, yeah. um, but the costume designer is on most productions the only person who kind of knows everything about everything and every department. Like they know the money, they know what's going on with the actors, they have to know what the script is, they know what's going on with the director, they know what's going on with the production designer, they know what's going on with the cinematographer, they know when someone's here or when someone's not here, they want to, they know what someone eats, they know, you know, I mean, it's like all of those sort of things about production is also what a producer should know right? as well, right? So theoretically, the producer is the person who knows everything about everything on every production. Right. You got to know a little something about everything going on. Correct. Exactly. And, and, and on some level, that's also what the costume center, you know, mm -hmm. most production designers are less interested in the actors and more interested in about what color the paint is for a couch. <laughs> um, and so there's a little not, you know, that I'm, I'm, of course, exaggerating about all that. But, but, you know, there's not a lot of like, uh, wait, is the actor here? Or is the actor not here? Wait, why are we an hour late? But why are we an hour behind schedule or whatever? And you're like, well, they were 15 minutes late. <laughs> then they had to get into hair and makeup and it, you know, they were 20 minutes, you know, whatever. And so, so that the, the costume designer, to me, it's a natural progression. And I've talked to Lou Ehrlich about this and all that sort of stuff. And just sort of, it's like, there is to me a natural progression of like costume designer producer um, because their brains kind of work that same sort of way in a way. Right. That was, does who that was make sense? that's what I was thinking of too, is Lou Eirich. I mean, she does it all. It seems like yeah. with American yeah. Horror Story and they need her not just design costumes and it's the same for you in Saturday Night Live. So, right, right. So it's like you, you, you kind of are, you have your hand in all different sorts of things and you're, you know, and so it's a way of, of creatively and intellectually like sort of keeping the whole thing in place. So diving into Saturday Night Live, if my research is correct, you have been there for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I, I know. I don't. We don't have to say numbers. We don't have to say no, how long. No, no, no. You can just say I've been here for a long time. <laughs> With that being said, <laughs> how have you seen this prestigious show evolve over the years? I mean, you've seen you know different iterations of the cast come in and go out, and you know different presidencies and you've seen a lot. So how has the show kind of evolved? And I have stayed the same age the whole time. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so twofold, the way in which the show has changed, I think um, the idea of how the show is created and all that sort of stuff has been the same. Mm -hmm. um, I think the two biggest to me over the course of my time here, the two sort of biggest things um, which have affected sort of how I think the show is done and, and, and all of that is when the show started, 
there was much more a theatrical kind of, you know, it was like doing live theater, which it still is. But because over the course of all these years, um, prosthetics and makeup and hair um, and our eye has been trained to look at film and cinema and sort of expect that kind of detail and that kind of visual quality on television now. You know, there used to be a big difference between, oh, well, film does this, TV does that. Film, you spend 12 hours in makeup to put all your prosthetics <laughs> and do all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, on SNL, you have 30 seconds to do it. Uh-huh. And so how do we make that do it? And so you, that has been trying to create these people and get, you know, get Trump to have the jowls and get Trump, you know, Anderson Cooper has bright blue eyes while giving the actor who plays Anderson Cooper bright blue contacts because his eyes are brown. Um, and so the, the, the attention to that kind of detail, I think has changed since it first started. Right. And then the other part I think, which has changed a lot and also, you know, has changed in the world as well is the reliance on, um, taped pieces mm. um commercials and and the film and 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 all of that sort of stuff and that and the internet and part of that was also because the internet didn't exist when the show started right so it was just everybody tuned in everybody went to you know you couldn't record the show so 1975 you had to watch the show live <laughs> now you can watch the show in a lot of different ways and a lot of different times and i just watched the whole season like yesterday <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> yes yes and so so the way in which we have come to view the show is very different now right and so that kind of i think happened during the andy sandberg years in that way of like the internet is something we need to pay attention to and that has become so let's start investing in these kind of viral ways to make comedy not just live ways to make comedy right oh, that's so fascinating so those i would say like those would be sort of the two things i think and just as you do more you are expected to do more right right as you produce more oh each week you're asked to produce bigger better more <laughs> this that yeah, whatever it probably doesn't you know? help that you raise the bar every single season <laughs> well you so. just say exactly every year every day you know every, every week you do one more thing so you have to make it 10 percent more the next week or yeah. Something like that, so. yeah yeah maybe you need to like occasionally throw in like a bad episode just to oh don't worry I try. The audience. I try sometimes yeah. <laughs> i try sometimes like you know what this week we're not gonna try so well. yeah <laughs> well with that i really want to get into the technical process of saturday night live this is what everyone wants to know because i don't understand how you and your team do it pull it together so quickly i always think of back when maya rudolph wore the vice president-elect suit that happened yeah. like hours later um costume breakdown many guest stars the nicole kidman amc suit like things look so realistic like you just saw that uh, political fig- figures musical numbers so just the big question, how does, what does a day in a life look like for Tom Broker and his team? How does this come together? I imagine you don't have a lot of prep time. I guess like that's the most uh, no, basic no. assumption. We, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can assume that that basically is zero. Yeah. I w- so two things about the, you just mentioned two things and I will, uh, I'll quickly say those and then I'll go back to your question. Yeah. Um, that Maya Rudolph, Kamala Harris suit, that I think was the first time people actually fully, fully understood that SNL was live right? and what that, that sort of thing of, wow, 
how did that happen? I remember being on my couch and looking at my roommate and being like, you know, yeah, what? for the first time, I literally people were that that was real time. People were texting me going, what? Wait, did someone and, and then it would be like, wait, did did someone just drive down to to Delaware to get that? Did you guys know in advance? Did all that sort of stuff? And I'm like, no, we didn't know any of it. We were it was real time. That's crazy. We were looking at it real time and then had to instantly figure out how to change, adapt to whatever. And so uh, there's been a lot written about that. And, you know, but, but that was a real time moment of like, oh, wait, you have an hour to do what and to create what and to have it be from zero to on air um, in an hour. And that was pretty thrilling. That's um, wild. That actually don't look too quickly. And, and, you know, sometimes we have the, the advantage of being able to, you know, edit things in a good way to, to <laughs> sort of get things or, or, or we know tricks to get things to look a certain way. Um, and that actually the, the silver stripe of that particular fabric that we ended up having to recreate the micro course thing because we couldn't find the exact suit was that is actually silver glitter puff paint. <laughs> that created oh those silver those silver sparkle lines so yes so i could go run in my room right now and start making mine 100 <laughs> percent. you could literally become nicole kidman uh, um, but what is a day you know like the thing about a day at snl i like to say is learning how to drink a lot of coffee, mm -hmm. exist on no sleep mm -hmm. and don't attach to anything because at any given moment, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to pivot to something else. Oh, I see. In that way of, you know, the writers are rewriting every day and every, every sketch gets rewritten and rewritten and rewritten and rethought, rethought. So, you know, so you start Thursday morning, and I start with my team, and we base everything on our conversations from read through Wednesday night and talking to the writers and talking to the. So, Thursday morning, we talk and we, you know, develop what we're going to do and how we're going to break everything down and who's going to do what and who's in charge of doing this and that. And then through the day, as the day is going, the writers start rewriting things and start changing things. And then, <laughs> you know, you, you start. Thursday morning doing something and say you're you're getting an outfit for Keenan ready, say just randomly say he's gonna play Abe Lincoln. So in the sketch, Keenan's playing Abe Lincoln Thursday morning by Thursday night at six PM. Now you've spent all day looking and finding all that sort of stuff. So now it's going to be, you know, Chloe. Um, so all of a sudden you're like having to pivot. You're like, okay, great. So just put all that stuff away <laughs> I love and then my I job. just spent like <laughs> eight hours exactly it's like so there's there's a lot of that kind of like Oop, wait they've just added 10 dancing girls okay great <laughs> you just have to you know you get used to it and that's what it is and um you don't you don't take anything personally mm -hmm. um it's not you know they're not attacking you and this is part of the job and you just have to learn to kind of be okay pivot or and i think what's great about so many of the people I work with and, and are in my, on my team and all that sort of stuff is that we all kind of have this like-minded adaptability right. and sort of be like, Oh, right. Okay, great. So let's change it to this. How are we going to do that? Or, okay, 
well, yes, we can, that can be downsized or that can be over here. That's easy to think. But sometimes the pivot is pretty strong and it doesn't necessarily going to happen. And so then that's a different conversation with the people. Or sometimes it's like, you know, oh, all of a sudden you want to be a cup of soup. Well, <laughs> you know, well, we have a cup of soup costume or <laughs> then they change the cup of soup to like, you know, floating piece of tofu or whatever. And you kind of go, well, you sure you don't want to be a cup of soup? Because I can give you a cup of soup. <laughs> tofu we can't do. Or, you know, I mean, it's just like sometimes it's a negotiation yeah. of like, well, I have three bear costumes. I know you said, you know, you wanted a dog costume, but you sure you can't? Like, is there any way we can make it a bear instead of a dog? Um, sometimes those negotiations happen, you know. I'm but it's also just, every day feels different. It sounds like every day, every day is different. <laughs> every day, every day is like, okay, you just start your day and you just, as someone said, you just put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going forward and know that lunch will probably actually happen around four o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if you're lucky, um, and, um, you know, and every day has a rhythm. Like Thursdays, Thursday feels very different than Friday. And Friday starts because Friday, you know, Friday we finally get the cast to do fittings like between 6 p.m. and midnight. Um, And so that's when our fittings happen for Saturday. And so some fittings happen at midnight. Literally, sometimes I'm fitting the host at midnight. And you're fitting multiple people. It's not like a regular TV production. It's like, yeah, no, no, no. It's like, no, exactly. (laughs) No, it's, it's like catch as catch can. Because it's like they sometimes the actors will come in and sometimes they won't and sometimes they'll remember sometimes they won't. There's nothing ever scheduled. It's sort of like, hey, I have ten minutes. Can I come in? And then someone's fitting Keenan and then someone's fitting Chloe and then I'm fitting the host in the back. It's very like you know, okay, take your clothes up. Let's try this on. <laughs> wow, I'm exhausted very, right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very summer camp, shall yeah. we say? <laughs> so it sounds like lots of coffee is being drank at Saturday Night Live. Yes, yes, exactly. Controlled camp. What, what's your what's your go to coffee? Uh, I only drink cold brew, so okay. it's hey. <laughs> you know, you know, but I probably as you know, you don't want to know how much yeah. is sixty four ounces in a day too much. <laughs> I'm not really good at geometry, um, but that seems really small. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, well, going forward, uh, how much is your team sourcing compared to, say, custom builds? We you kind of talked about that a little bit, but so it really just depends on uh, per week. It's 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 you know changes, and and sometimes it's not a full build. It's more like okay, wait, how can we adapt this thing to be that? You know, sometimes we've made a. Uh, say a beetle costume mm-hmm. and then like three weeks later it has to be a moth and we're like okay wait what if we do this and what if we paint it but the the structure of a moth and a beetle are sort of the same so maybe we can use the under pieces and you know just slap something else on and you know get fabric wings painted and so so there's a lot of how can we make what we need to make into something um and adapt it it, it some shows I think the first show of last season, I would say it was probably like 60, 40, like 60, 40 in terms of like we build to, to, to find, um, some weeks it's 80, 20. Mm -hmm. We are pretty good about sort of going, well, we can't, we can't accomplish all of those things. (laughs) So maybe if we pick that sketch as opposed to that one, 
that one we don't have to build any costumes. Mm. That one we have, you know. So um, sometimes there's a little bit of a negotiation um, <laughs> in terms of a visual, if we can do it or not do it, if we're building too much or that sort of stuff. I feel like you should have a t-shirt that just says, it depends. <laughs> sometimes, like literally, I, I did have to tell a host once going, well, there's just like, if you really want it to be great and look great and all that sort of stuff, there's just no way we can do it, you know? Right. And, and part of it, sometimes the sketch is really funny or whatever, but it involves a very specific trick. And you're like, there's just no way we can, you know, like, like for instance, cutting someone's hair. Like that's a very big, if that's the trick, like doing that live. And that's, you know, that involves a lot of skill level and a lot of wigs right. um, that, can't necessarily happen in the course of our show now maybe if we taped that piece we could maybe do it because we could control it a little better and there's ways to shoot that kind of thing but like that we couldn't ever do live well this season had some fantastic moments and i kind of want to dive into a few of them uh, one of my favorites actually was of course the pedro pascal episode i mean uh, he's amazing you know come on you probably like, saw that coming he, for me, honestly. <laughs> well, he's well. No, I mean it is true. Like some, but sometimes people like you never know. Like you never know how people are going to be, or how people. You always want people to be amazing or lovely, and right, ninety percent of the time they are, and then sometimes they're a hundred percent fantastic and lovely and gracious and amazing, and and. And um, this sketch in particular, Jill, uh, the woman who's in charge of the film unit, uh, Jill Bream and Brian, they they were sort of uh, tasked with doing this amazing sketch. It's so fun. We're talking about the Mario Kart sketch for everyone listening. At... Correct. Which was, yeah, which was it, it, that sketch was just like brilliant in, in the way in which and, and kudos to the film unit and in, in, in their ability to pull that green screen stuff off and, and make that whole sketch just really be an amazing video game like thing. It really was just breathtaking. And it was just a great example of costume design too, because everything, you know, there's a moment where Heidi's look is very broken down. Like you would see on the last of us. Yes, exactly. I talked yeah, to Cynthia yeah, Summers, yeah. you know, so it's, we see all the fun elements of costume design. So I thought this was such a fun sketch that came together. Yeah, it was a, it, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, typically, I try not to ask costume designers what their favorite costume is. So I'll just tell you some of my favorites this season. <laughs> you tell yours because I literally my my standard my standard question to that is like I don't have any favorites. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I don't the, even try well, <laughs> because it's also like I hope I haven't had my ever favorite costume. Like right. yes, I I agree. Sometimes I go, oh, I like that costume, but. But then others are, are, are sort of like, oh, you know, yeah. does your mother have a favorite child? <laughs> Actually, I think she might. <laughs> I um, think I know. I guess it might be you. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite costumes from this season was actually the Lisa from Temecula look. Oh, yes. It's so, I don't know. It's I don't think this was supposed to be like the shining moment of the episode, but it's just taking on no, such it, a it life of its own. 100%. And, and that's the thing. That's the beauty sometimes of, of just doing something. You know, yeah. sometimes you don't, you never know 
if it's going to hit or do whatever or any of that sort of stuff. And you just, you want to make the costume sing for that person and sing for the moment. And you're never thinking about the future of it or any of that sort of stuff. So it's, it, that was just like, there were certain things with Ego, like she goes, I want to have hair like sort of like this. And then I, I feel like I need some glasses and then, (laughs) you know, fuchsia, I feel like fuchsia is a color. I feel like, like I want to have bold, like I want this person to have a bold color. And so, you know, people throw words at you and then it's up to you as a costume designer to sort of, you know, grab every one of those words and, you know, put them in a blender and come up with some (laughs) sort of luck. So would you say that there's kind of a collaboration between the cast members, you know, because so much of costume design is helping them find the character. I mean, on SNL, you probably don't as have as much personal time to really find a character, but has there ever, maybe with the host, I would say those little moments that helped them kind of get acclimated. hundred percent. And, and, and particularly with the host more so, I think with the host, because they're not used to the sort of um, rhythm of SNL. And a lot of them do film. So they're used to a longer process of discovering characters and that sort of stuff. And, and it's sort of like, and, and a lot of times they're like, I don't understand. And then you give them a costume like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. (laughs) Um, You know, I got it. I got it. And and, and I said, okay, well, you know, also the wig will help. And, you know, while, while it's very adaptable here. And so, you know, this is where we start here and then we'll see where it goes and you'll be on set and sort of be like, Hey, I need glasses or, right. or that there is like, you know, you have five minutes to create this character. So it's very quick, but personal time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> were there any moments this season that maybe were just like something that you found challenging or that ended up being favorite moments, you know, maybe not favorite costumes, but something you saw on screen you're like, Oh, that actually came out pretty cool. Well, I think, um, uh, no, I, so far I'm liking all of the, um, I'm enjoying all of these pictures you're showing. Like I certainly, the, the Elvis, that, that, that was a journey in, in terms of what that was going to be. And, and, you know, uh, Sarah's so little, you know, coming <laughs> up and finding an Elvis costume that, had all that beating and all that studying. And and we found, we ultimately found someone, um, uh, a person who rents Elvis impersonator jumpsuits Mm -hmm. in Indiana of all places. And we were able to get that and, you know, and sort of going the dancing Coke machine, the dancing Coke bottles and, and sort of (laughs) the, the evolution of how all of that was going to be and what that was being to be. And, you know, and, and Sarah, once again, up, up top with that, those mouth, um, dental dams and, and, um, you know, it's always like, those are, you know, Sarah's a lovely, interesting journey in terms of, you know, the physicality of all that. And, and is it going to work and how's it going to work? And, how does the costume, you know, getting that bow to sort of reinforce that idea of being stuck in the wind machine um, and how that was going to be. And, you know, I'm always enjoying a, a you know, a kitty moment, you know. <laughs> it's all so fun. And actually, back to that Elvis costume, they Warner Brothers currently has one that looks just like it from Catherine Martin's Elvis recently. And it looks just like it. I mean, the 
what are those moments like where you have to really do like some sort of really accurate moment? Uh, do you get any time to do a little bit of research or is it very on the fly? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we do, we do tons and tons of research and we do as much as we can. And, you know, and, and so we sort of know sometimes where we can fake and where we can't fake and how to fake it. And, you know, all of the people work here have a beautiful knowledge of, of how to adapt and change something. And, you know, use the back of a shirt to be the front of a shirt or, you know, right. how a beating of the beating of something can become the something else. And, and, um, yeah, but we do, we do side by sides a lot, um, in terms of like, Oh wait, let's see that lapel is not the thing. And, you know, Oh wait, that, that particularly in ties, like political ties, you know, if you think about it, men don't buy new ties every week. So a lot of times those cold opening ties we have to create because mm-hmm. they're five, six, seven, eight years old. And um, so we'll oh, man. make, you know, we'll tie a tie and then make the pattern um, <laughs> out of ribbon or, um, you know, we'll have fabric printed or, you know, silk screen little dots onto it or, yeah. Right. <laughs> like so seeing we, a tie we, on TV and a deep sigh, you're like, oh man. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes it's like, oh jeez. <laughs> so, you know, we did send someone once to, you know, three hours away to the King of Prussia Mall to get an Hermes scarf because it was the only one that existed in the eastern seaboard. Oh, okay. For when um it was during the COVID t- during the COVID time, but during COVID time, you know, when <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when we had to, uh, I think it was the you know, Secretary of Health had a very specific uh, Hermes tie on, and so we had to send someone to go get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Maybe this might be the hardest question. Has there ever? I know, don't don't be too scared. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, in terms of just all of your work on SNL, has there ever been a costume you've seen on screen that uh, you know maybe? To you, it was just like you're trying to get out there, but really just kind of went on to take on a life of its own. It was just like some sort of classic costume that just really became something so much bigger than you originally imagined. I guess, I mean, in that sort of way, I guess I would say any of those costumes which have become, I'll put iconic in sort of quotation marks, like, you know, I don't think of them as that sort of way, like, you know, the cheerleaders or Mary Catherine Gallagher or you know, Gilly or, you know, you're allowed to use cowbell, iconic for those. Yeah. <laughs> cowbell or any of those, you know, you sort of, you just sort of do them and then they just kind of take a life on their own in that sort of way. And you're like, Oh wait, I'm like, wait, maybe we should have, you know, cause most of the time you're just doing it. You don't have the luxury of like going, well, this is going to be something. So how are we going to create this costume, which is going to last in perpetuity and like and so all of a sudden you're you go oh wait would i have designed that differently had i had a month to design it versus 12 hours to design it (laughs) and you sort of go well that's what the show is you know the show is that that um you throw it up there and you know and hope for the best that happens in the moment you know (laughs) exactly exactly and then then you have to start recreating the sweater that, you know, has fallen apart and you have to find someone to knit a new one. Right. <laughs> Looking forward to future, future seasons in your mind. Do you ever think about what sort of costumes you want to do? Essentially, 
how do you stay inspired to not let this production burn you out? You know, you come back each season and you want to feel refreshed and create something new. So do you, during your break in quotation marks, do you ever kind of, you know, keep yourself inspired and think about what you want to do in the future or just really happens in the moment? I guess I just really, I, it happens like SNL happens in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there are certain things like outside of SNL, I sort of go, Oh, I would like to try that or I'd like to do that kind of show or, or, you know, I want to do explore that. Um, But SNL in particular, I, it's, it's always more about trying to find and hooking in with an actor or a writer and wanting to create. And then, and every day is inspiring. Like, look, I live in one of the greatest cities in the world. Um, And walking down the street is always inspiring, Mm -hmm. you know, like the amount of the visual interest of just people in general walking down the street, like blows my mind. And so sometimes it's like, wait, I had to remember that. Or like you see someone and you go, if I put that on camera, no one, no one would ever believe that. out. (laughs) You know? And, and, and so I have, I sort of have a, uh, you know, a running photo thing where sometimes I'm like, wait, look, look at this. This is who, this is this character. This is who this character should be. Or, yeah. or, you know, sort of this, um, it's, it's, and I hope that I haven't ever created my final costume. Right. Yeah. Like I don't like if, if I've created my final costume, then it's time for me to like be on a beach. Um, <laughs> you know, even though I, I'm, you know, I hate sand, but, but, um, uh, you know, but, but it's like life is, it all is inspiring, you know, but like, you know, like everything we get tired and we, you know, coffee stops doing the trick. Um, and you know, start to feel you have to, exactly. <laughs> and you, you do start to have to go, wait, maybe I need six hours of sleep today. Yeah. Um, you know, so maybe stay in bed a few more hours and, right. you know, get inspired. You know, I, I just find, the act of creativity inspiring. So it's, and I work with really amazing, wonderful people and the people I, my team here is, is always inspiring. And then we bounce things off of each other. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a true collaboration in terms of like, Oh, let's play here. Let's play there. Let's do this. Let's, you know, the growth of all of it and, and sort of what, what happens is always awe inspiring. And before I let you go, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the current Writers Guild strike. Uh, the 40th season, unfortunately, came to a little bit of a quicker end than we were hoping. Uh, we were getting ready to have some episodes of Kieran Culkin and Jennifer Coolidge. We, we've talked a lot about your work with the writers, and they're very crucial and essential to Saturday Night Live. So I was wondering if you just have any parting words of support for the writers currently on strike. Well, you know, when we you, you have to remember, we actually, like... I always say, and no matter what, whether I'm working on a play or whether I'm working on a film or whether I'm working on TV, like we're beholden to the word. Mm-hmm. Like what we do, we can't do anything until we have a text in front of us, you know, unless we're doing like a, a ballet. Um, but, you know, we tell stories visually, but our visual stories are based on the text. So, and in order to get the texts, we have to have the writers. So it's sort of like, <laughs> um, it's Something's kind of a blank, it's, it's a blank page. Unless, <laughs> so basically, um, 
you know, we can dream and do all these sort of stuff in our, in, in our brains, but at the end of the day, we, we can't do anything with them. Right. So it's very important that they get and, you know, figure out what they need to, to make livings, you know, so we can all make livings and, you know, and, and, and they're fighting not only for themselves, but I think on some level, they're also fighting for everybody. You know, it's a, it's what's going on is, is very important. And, you know, I think having just explored a little about stuff, but I think there's, they, they have stuff to work out that I think is going to affect everybody and every, you know, so, so it's hopefully by say August, things mm-hmm. can be wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I really hope so too. And, you know, really support them all in their work. Uh, costume designer Tom Broker. I was so excited to finally got the chance to meet you. This was this was fun. It's so great. No, no, I had a blast. So now you have a standing invite to to come see the show and hang out and watch how it happens and all the magic. Here. I'm I'm on my way. I'm booking a ticket. Well, Perfect. maybe not yet. Great. I guess we gotta wait a little bit. Don't but... wait exactly. Wait a little. <laughs> wait a little. Maybe in September. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. This has been so much fun, and we have to do this again. Okay, I'll talk to you later. The Art of Costume Blogcast is hosted and produced by Elizabeth Joy Glass and Spencer Williams. Our audio engineering and editing is done by Dan White. Follow us on Instagram at The Art of Costume Pod or visit theartofcostumeblogcast.com for all blogcast updates. If you want to support the show, go to theartofcostume.com slash podstore. For more costume reviews, deep dives, and interviews, head over to theartofcostume.com, a blog dedicated to highlighting the best in costume design. Yeah, so just do everything you just did, but just do it again. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. But better and funny. <laughs> I am that's so... why I could that that's literally why I could never become an actor. Like literally the one or two times that people are like, so do it again and do it again. I'm like, oh no, no, no. I'm I am a one take person. <laughs> what do you mean? I can't, I'm thinking I more can't like give you that stand up comedian, I, Tom. I can't give you those eye rolls on command. <laughs> That's just who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. <laughs>